Hello and welcome to the Friday the 11th of October edition of the Dugcast with me, Paul Kavanagh, and as usual, the always being interrupted Callum Baird. Hi, how you doing? Good. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been happening this week? Just <laughs> waiting for you to jump in now. Sorry. Yeah. Um, what's been happening this week? Well, the big march. The big march. You uh, want to talk about it, don't you? Yeah, I was there. It was good. It was wet. It was very, very wet. Um, I went with my uncle who has personal responsibility for turning me into an independent supporter. Yeah, this is the this is Uncle Shug. My Uncle Shug, yeah. Who, who made... From, who you met him? Convinced, when did I meet him? You met him when we oh, went to the, uh, Dumbarton. Wedding? Oh, no, at, at Dumbarton. Right, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. He came to the roadshow in Dumbarton. Yeah, Dumbarton. yeah, right, okay, fine, cool. Yeah, yeah. that was a good one. That was that a was big a one. one. It was a very yeah. big one. Wow. Um, and he's a guy who, who turned you from, probably uh-huh. not from naughty, yes, but from... Well, I was... To thinking about it. I was a Wayne, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a guy who told you about independence. <laughs> By the way, Paul. By the way, we're Paul. In a, we're in a union. <laughs> Are we? Really? Oh, I don't really know. Yeah, okay. I know, yeah, because Shug was always a big independence supporter. Yeah. Um, and this was like before it was fashionable, you know. Mm. And he was always nipping my head a bit. And, and I think that's where the sort of seeds you know, were planted, you know, with my uncle Shug, because I certainly never got it from my dad. <laughs> so your dad's side, or? No, he's my mum's sister's husband, okay. is who he is, yeah. my uncle Shug. Uh, my mum, my mum's sister, Jean, is her right. husband. Uh, but they always used to look after us when we were wee, because my mum was going to college, and obviously my dad was at work. So we saw a lot of my auntie Jean and my uncle Shug. Right. So I, so he was always nipping my head about, you know, Scottish independence and and he was there on Saturday he was there on Saturday and it was really great you know he's not been very well recently he's he's better now but you know he's had a few health problems over the past few years and it's really great that you know because all these years he was kind of like a voice in the wilderness kind of a thing you know and then he was able to go on this march on Saturday and see hundreds of thousands of people there you know all wanting the same thing and it was really it was great it was really really great but finding him was a a nightmare finding him on the day aye aye because <laughs> aye. I texted him we said we were yeah. going to meet outside the carriage did you not just say I'm, I'm beneath the salt tire what one? <laughs> I'll be waiting beside that Catalan flag. Yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy holding the salter. Uh, it looked like an amazing day. I didn't make it. Um, I was through in Edinburgh for a roadshow event on the Friday night. That's right. Uh, which went really well with Leslie Ruddock. Um, and we didn't get back till, or I didn't get back till very, very late. And Did she interrupt was, did she interrupt me? Um, she she grabbed the mic and told me I was completely wrong a couple of times, uh, which which you don't do. She's like, so like, I was I was talking and I was yeah. saying something I can't even remember what I was trying to do section ferry order or something. She just like grabbed the mic. And she said, "No, calm. That's just completely wrong." It's like, okay, okay, that's fine. But that you expect you expect that. Do you know the best thing about Leslie at Road Trip is, is is when she's dealing with the audience, she just doesn't take any prisoners. Oh, no, no. she'll just be like no you've had enough <laughs> you're not talking anymore <laughs> so she's very it's the kind of broadcaster and you know she's very just doesn't take any prisoners she'll just say no not an art question from you please <laughs> but a, I feel like you and I are too polite to do that yeah so, yeah we do it's like, oh no no, we, we, yes, no, no we, we're not in a hurry we'll stay here yeah. until past 12 <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I ended up getting in so late from that that I, I thought no, I, didn't, I didn't make it through the next day uh, but it looked and it sounded like an amazing event and it was just an incredible show of support for, 
for Yeah, the there was only 11,000 people there, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, well, estimates varied, the I estimates think it's varied. fair to say. Yeah, I well, mean, we I'm, went to, <coughs> excuse me, I, I, I got there and I was still trying to find my uncle Shug at this yep. point. And one of the stewards, because they recognised the Doug, as it always goes, uh, said, oh, do you want to be up the front, Paul? And I was like, well, I but I need to find my uncle first. So it took me another quarter of an hour to find him. We're texting one another, where are you? I'm at the police box. What police box? Where are you? Anyway. And then we thought, well, we're quite near the front. We thought, we'll just stand here. You know, I was with my neighbours for downstairs as well, Mark and Mary. So hello, Mark and Mary. Um, <laughs> and we just waited. We thought we were quite near the front. And we waited for an hour and a half before we actually, I mean, the march had started yeah. and we were still in the park for it. We were still in Hollywood for an hour and a half before we moved off <laughs> because there was just thousands of people outside the parliament building and right about, you know, down at the front part and they just all piled in behind the band that moved off. So yeah. people that were kind of lined up in the park, we all had to wait for all them to go first, you know, the, the queue jumpers, you know. So an hour and a half we were waiting and then, of course, the rain came on. And we all get very, very wet. Did you see our national van anywhere? No? No. We, no. no. I saw a few people. I saw quite a few people in a little bit. Yeah. I know there was lots of other people I knew that were going to be there. We had a big, uh, a big van with a message on the side saying, I didn't see it. Edinburgh, you're looking great, kind of thing. No, thing. I saw a few pictures it. on social media, but our photographer couldn't find any either, so we didn't actually get any pictures of it for the paper. Right. Um, but we did, and we've got, uh, we obviously did the big broadsheet wraparound and the Sunday National looked absolutely fantastic. Um, we've got some sales figures back from that looking really good as well. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a fantastic It was fantastic huge. Thing. It was massive. It was huge. Yeah. It was really, really big. It was the biggest... Mass of people I've ever seen in Scotland. You know, I'm not going to say that. You know, yeah. obviously, when you're in the middle of it, you can't really estimate the figures. But it was certainly bigger than the Glasgow one. Mm. Certainly, much bigger than the Glasgow one. The, the one earlier this year. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you make of the media coverage of it? Well, that's the thing. Um, apparently, I've had a bit of a, a bit of stick for that with some from some. Well, I think authors. the National got stick for it on on Tuesday when we. We published your column. Uh, I did, and it was me that wrote it. It was a, a big puff in the front, and it said, um, "Oh, you know, we were the, the turnout was amazing, but where was the media? Aye. We ginger dug on the on the news blackout, right?" And, and looking back on it, and and obviously reading your column, I probably should have said the UK news blackout because that's what you were talking about. I did specifically but say the UK on the front media. page. You know, a blackout is a blackout. It's not the blackout. It's not a Scottish blackout. But anyway, it doesn't matter. No, it was, um, it was, I, I wrote it because I went home after the march. You know, and like I said, it was huge. It was mm. the biggest concentration of people. And even on lower estimates of the turnout, you know, obviously realistic lower estimates of the turnout. If you multiply that up in terms of population size, you know, um, that's the equivalent of a million, one point two million people on the streets of London. You know, that's in the lower estimate. Yeah. You know, on the, on the estimate that the the organisers were claiming, that's the equivalent of two and a half million people in the streets of London in terms of the proportion of the population that got up off their backsides and went to march on a really wet and cold and unpleasant day and your destination's not a nice day out in the park. It's a swamp of mud, you know. <laughs> and that takes a certain degree of dedication. But... I was watching Sky News and there wasn't a single mention, not one. Uh, but, but if there had been in London, I think the point you were making was if if that if, had been in London, if that had been in London, that would have dominated the news schedules yeah. for the whole day. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But because it was in Scotland, because it was a pro-independence march, there was a total blinking you miss it, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't see a single mention of it at all on Sky News. I wasn't watching BBC National News that day, um, so I can't comment on whether or not there was any coverage yeah. of it. In the, the UK papers, there was nothing at all. And the, the Guardian had a very, very brief, uh, you know, a couple of paragraphs kind of a thing. Yeah. That was it, no photographs. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there was not... And some of the Scottish papers had some stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, I was specifically um, saying yeah. this was the UK media I was uh-huh. talking about. Because... It, cause and it's interesting that you're talking about the UK media because there's another comparison to make about all the foreign media which covered it. Right. And uh, we had Sarah Mackey did a video for us cracking it earlier in the week. It's got, you know, I don't know, 100,000 plus views rounding up all the international media. Right. So you've got, and it begs this question again if the international media are interested, shouldn't the UK national media be more exactly. interested in this? Shouldn't yeah. they have a team there? Shouldn't they have. People up, pe- people up interviewing. I spoke to French TV. I spoke to Belgian TV, um, and the week leading up to it, they came into the office and interviewed us. We, we are a sort of obvious kind of place to come as the only Aye. pro-independence newspaper. So if they want a bit on that, um, and yet London, nothing. nothing. You know? So, um, and it, it's, it's funny because it happens with the the regions quite a lot, and nobody. It happens in part- particularly badly in Northern Ireland. Um, where you can have an absolute shocker of a news story, like someone murdered or a, or a police officer killed or a bomb going off or something like that, and it, it just doesn't get coverage. But if that had happened in Birmingham or Norwich aye, or, aye, or, or yeah. somewhere like that, it would yeah. have been all over the papers and all yeah. over the news shows. So, um, aye. There's definitely a problem in the UK with the UK media because they like to portray themselves as being... UK national, but they're not. They're they're, they're very London centric, and if something happens outside London, it's not really that important, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're in this mess that we're in at the moment with Brexit and everything else. Because, I mean, in Scotland we feel very ignored and marginalised by Westminster, but we have an outlet. And we have a, a, an idea of what we can do about it in terms of, you know, independence. That's a solution to marginalisation. But people who live in places like Grimsby or Scunthorpe or, or, or Bolton or wherever, you know, well, what kind of outlet do they have? So mm, they've turned nothing. to Brexit, which mm. is kind of a self-destructive way of, of dealing with it. So, but there is, I mean, like I said, the, the, the issues that I had were specifically with the UK media, the Scottish media, um, they covered it. I'm not saying that they didn't cover it, they certainly did, you know, but my issues was with the UK media because this is something which heralds the the potential end of the United Kingdom. And you might think that the UK media would have something to say about that. Mm. But they don't. They've got their head in their sand. Their heads in the sand. They just don't want to acknowledge the reality of the kind of situation that the dire situation that the United Kingdom's in from the point of view of the United Kingdom. Mm. And that's I think quite worrying, you know. Yeah. And I think really, but it also is. It's a reflection of the way that Scotland has been marginalised by successive UK governments. And if Scotland's marginalised by the government, then the media is going to follow that. If, if the government doesn't think we're important, the media is not going to think we're important either. And the two kind of 
feed on one another and there's a sort of a feedback loop, you know. So because it's not in the media, then the government doesn't think it's important and because the government doesn't think it's important, the media doesn't think it's important, you know, and, and we get trapped in this kind of a cycle of irrelevance, mm-hmm. if you like, you know. So, but, I mean, in terms of, you know, I was con- thinking about, you know, that like the way the climate protests have gone, you know, and, and it is to the immense credit and I'm certainly not suggesting that, that anybody should you know, start breaking the law or anything like that. Quite the opposite. Because it is to the immense credit of the Scottish independence movement that our demonstrations, that our marches and rallies are entirely peaceful. There was yeah. no arrests. 200,000 people maybe on the streets of Edinburgh and no arrests. You know, that's, a, that's fantastic. You know, but... You know, a couple of people decide to disrupt something in London, and all of a sudden, it's it's dominating the national news for a mm. day. You know, yeah. And you kind of spoke about uh, Brexit there and the sort of situation. Where I don't really want to talk about this too much because because you a just lot get of it's depressed. Behind, yeah, and, <laughs> and a lot of it's kind of happening behind the scenes. A lot of these yeah. sort of updates, but the 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 suggestion and there's certainly being stories put in the media to suggest that there is a there's a possible breakthrough or there's some sort of compromise coming which you know I think uh, that Boris Johnson and Leo Varadkar said yesterday there's a pathway to a deal Barney has said is, is just this uh, last half hour okayed tunnel talks they're calling it which right. are kind of you know uh, well take place when nobody can brief no one gets out the room basically until it's kind of done um, what, what do you think is that posturing or is it I'd be inclined to think it's posturing. Um, the, U, the, the EU is not going to budge on protecting Ireland. You know they're not going to move on that. So if there's going to be any movement, it has to be from the British government. They are the ones that are making the unreasonable demands essentially, and I can't see them getting that past the ERG and the DUP. You know, whatever deal that they're going to come up with is not going to get past Arlene Foster and you know the the extremists and the Tory backbenches. So I'm not really sure what sort of a deal that they can come up with that isn't essentially the same as the deal that's already been rejected repeatedly. Mm. You know, um, we shall have to wait and see. My own, because I'm just cynical, I suppose. My own. Suspicion is that it's posturing that mm. it's that this is about trying to deflect blame. You know, as far as the EU is concerned, if they can force a general election, if they can give, if they can make sure that there's, you know, Boris Johnson has to ask for an extension, and then there's a general election, they've got nothing to lose from that because the worst outcome from their point of view is that we're exactly where we are at the moment. You know, he's returned with a majority. That's that's then what where we are just now. That's the worst outcome for them. So they don't have anything to lose by not giving in. But they don't have anything to gain, sorry, by giving in at the moment. You know, they've got everything to gain by making sure that there's an extension and then parliamentary arithmetic could change. You know, there could be a government that's you know less manic in its pursuit of a, of a hard Brexit. There could even be the possibility of an EU referendum. There's all sorts of things that could open up with that. Whereas they don't lose out of it, you know, because the worst outcome for them is that we're where we are at the moment. So, mm. so I'm not sure that, that 
I think it's more wishful thinking on the part of the British media. But, but certainly yeah. more of a chance today than there was last week, anyway. And, and there, yeah. maybe an outside chance at a deal. Um, if, I don't if, think if, Boris Johnson wants a deal. No. Really. And if, it, if 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 we do get one, and if it does get through, what does that mean? I mean, there still has to be an election because oh, yeah, he doesn't have be a majority to, to get be, anything yeah, through. There has so. to be an election. To be honest, getting a deal is probably the best outcome in terms of Scottish independence. Uh, it, it's it's a kind of strange irony, that, yeah, isn't it? That, yeah, that, yeah. that it takes away the sort of or part of the moral argument, which is like, you know, the no deal is going to be a disaster, so we need to escape right well, now. But. You know, I, I don't think it takes away the moral argument at all because we're still outside the European Union. We're being deprived of freedom of movement. You know, so we, I suppose the urgency of that. Right. It takes away the urgency of. It, of it takes away a bit. Getting it it will it. also simplify things like questions about the border post independence. Mm. You know, so in, in those kind of practical levels, it makes it simpler well, if, if there's a deal. Kind of if it's resolved in some, or at least semi-resolved in some way. Do Scots just think, oh, thank goodness that's over. No more change for the next foreseeable future. Is that something that worries you? No, actually, because I think people... Leaving the EU is going to be a a psychological break, Mm. you know? Because up to now, there's still, even now at this stage, there's still people that are hoping that Brexit might not happen at all. You know, that's still the line that's been touted by the Lib Dems, for example. And once Brexit has happened, then it's, you know, there's the option of, well, I want to be in the UK and the EU, that's no longer a choice. That's no longer an option. You know, it's going to be, well, it's the question then is going to be, how do we get back into the EU? And the easiest way to do that is going to be with Scottish independence. So I think it would definitely make quite a few people change their minds. So I, I do think that, like, like we'll say paradoxically, getting a deal was is probably the best outcome mm. for, in terms of, of getting a good argument for Scottish independence because it will give us clarity on what would happen with the border. Mm-hmm. It would mean that, you know, that there would be a, an arrangement with between the UK and the EU about you know tariff-free goods or whatever, yeah. and that would also apply to Scotland that was a member of the, the customs union, the single market on day one of independence. Even though it was still negotiating for EU membership, you know we could certainly be a member of the customs union and the single market immediately upon independence, and the EU would be very keen to facilitate that. You know, yeah, there's a transition period, right, exactly, well, exactly, in which exactly. you can. You could make a reasonably smooth, and, and also it from would one place to the make other. sure that we wouldn't be diverging too much from EU norms in the interim mm. period. So, so I mean, for all those points of view, uh-huh. it, getting a deal would be good for Scottish independence. Yeah, it's not, but it's you know, it's it, it it still means that we've left the EU. Mm. You know, it means that we no longer have freedom of movement. It, it's a psychological break, which I think would be quite significant and important to people. The other thing uh, happening this weekend, happening Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, is the SNP conference. We've got uh, plenty of stuff in the National. We're just kind of planning what we've got uh, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday. Tomorrow we've got some exclusive polling uh, on independence and the question that should be asked. I don't want to say too much about that, but pick up tomorrow's paper for that. On Sunday we've got some more polling. We've got hopefully a piece from the First Minister. Um, so there's, there's going to be, independence is going to be on the agenda, certainly for the next week. Um, 
Nicola Sturgeon has to say something about it in her speech. Yep. What should she say? Well, I think it's pretty obvious what she's going to say. She's going to say that we have to pursue the Section 30 order, that's the legitimate path to independence and there's no easy way and there's no shortcuts and that's what we have to do. We have to keep banging on about you know, Section 30. And at the moment, and I stress at the moment, I agree with her because at the moment that's the path that we need to take. You know, there's it's all very well talking about alternative strategies and I think there will certainly come a time when we will have to talk about alternative strategies but I think at the moment, as I've said before, we're not at the end of the Section 30 order. We need to get through this next general election that's coming and see what happens after that Mm -hmm. because that will change the electoral landscape in Scotland quite dramatically and that's why it's really important that we make sure that that's what we have to focus on as a movement at the moment because the SNP are the only party despite you know the manifest frustrations that many people in the movement feel with them at the moment they're, they're the vehicle for Scottish independence they're all we've got they are the only party that is capable of winning Westminster seats if we don't make sure that they have an increased number of votes and an increased number of seats at this election, then the media narrative will be Scotland doesn't want independence. It won't be about, well, people still want independence but they're not happy with the SNP. That's not going to be the story. The story will be Scotland doesn't want independence. So we have to we have to get behind them for that. And I feel at the moment this constant sniping from certain quarters about the SNP is very unhelpful. So you're not expecting anything anything particularly new or newsworthy yeah. from the speech. You might get a bit of rhetoric about I think so. you know, independence yeah. is coming or we need to seize our chance or, or, or something which is right. maybe can get you the headline on the front page of the yeah. National but not necessarily I don't think she's, uh, right. a breakthrough or, a, or a, here's, a, here's the next step I'm going to take or anything like that. I don't think she's going to say we're, we're going to press for it, we're going to have an independence referendum on the 25th of July I don't think she's going to say something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it will be like you said; it will be kind of rhetoric, and it will be kind of geeing us all up. And but, but I think what she will have to do is to make sure that that this election that's coming, that the question of independence has to be front and foremost in it. Mm. You know that we can't afford. You know, this is Scotland's chance to demonstrate that it wants to choose. It wants a choice. That you know the actions of the British state are forced on us. I don't actually believe that um, even if by some miracle Brexit could be avoided, that that means we don't have a mandate for an independence referendum. I don't happen to believe that because I think the change in circumstances has been the way that Scotland's been treated over the past few years. Yeah, I agree. I think that in itself is a change in circumstances because it's not patently not the UK that we were promised that we would be a part of in 2014. Leave, not leave, all, exactly. all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Scottish Parliament would be guaranteed and mm-hmm. you know, no change to its powers without the consent of Holyrood and all these kind of things. All these things that you know, frankly haven't happened. Mm. So that's a change in circumstances. That's a significant material change in circumstances. You know, Devolution is under threat. We know that now that irrespective of what any Westminster political party tells us in a, in, a, in a campaign that Westminster has the absolute right to abolish the Scottish Parliament if it so chooses, you know, and that's not what we were promised. 
So we'll see what she says. Um, like I said, I'm expecting some sort of rhetoric about, you know, Scotland's going to have independence. I don't think she's going to waver from this. We have to have a section 30. I think her eye is on, well, international recognition, really, because that's what independence boils down to in the end. You can declare yourself to be independent, but if nobody recognises you, it's not worth, not, it's not worth diddly squat, you know, as the Catalans discovered when they declared independence after that referendum that they had. You know, if no one recognises you, it has no effect. You need international recognition, and the only way that we will get international recognition is if it is we go through steps that they are going to recognise. And at the moment, we're not at the stage where we can say that we're just going to do something else entirely. You know, we have to pursue this recognised pathway that already exists. And it's only when there is repeated and obvious, evident, you know, refusal of the British government to allow, to recognise and respect the democratic wishes of the Scottish people, it's only then that we're going to be able to legitimately take alternative steps and ensure that these soft no voters and wavering people are going to come with us. Because at the moment I think a lot of people within the independence movement are, well, they're talking to one another. Mm. You know, they're not talking to the, the wider Scottish public. You mm. know. No, I agree. I agree with every word of that. I think, I think you know, there's there's bits and pieces happening. The referendum bill is going through. I mean, you can do anything until that's through. The, the prospect of a general election can throw a spanner in the whole works. Uh, I, I saw some people suggesting that it might even be spring now, which would be a complete uh, pain, I think. Yeah. Uh, and and that really would kick the can down the road because that is a long time to, okay. to wait. But I, I suppose it depends on whether there's an extension, whether there's a deal. Well, with, you know, we'll so there's all sorts it. of things. And we'll hopefully be a wee bit clearer about that next week because I think the summit, uh, the EU summit, is next. Uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, there's actually going to be a sitting of Parliament a week on Saturday. That's right, yeah, which is, which is incredibly very rare. Rare. I think it was no, I don't know, so basically forty-five or something, right, wasn't so, it? The last so time, a so. week tomorrow is going to be yeah. like crunch day. Yeah, really. So, in terms right. of Boris Johnson asking for his deal, we never talk about. We should maybe briefly mention it about what the Scottish Court said. We never talked about that. Yeah. Um, Basically, what they've said is that they are taking him at his word. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Imagine somebody saying that they, they take the Boris Johnson at his word. Yeah. But because he made certain depositions, or the British government made certain depositions yeah. to the Scottish Court, saying that, yes, we're going to obey the law, we're going to obey both the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, um, and they're saying, fine, we will take you at your word, but if you don't, then we'll make a judgment. We will make yeah. a judgment. So it's the sort of equivalent of your granny getting the wet tea towel out that she's going to flick you with, you know, <laughs> if you don't eat your dinner. So she's waving. Your, your, the, the, the granny of the Scottish yeah. courts is waving. Lord, Lord Carloway is, is flicking that wet tea towel. Boris Johnson's. Was he down eating his dinner or something? Right. Okay. Fine. So. All right. Well, we'll see loads happening. Um, obviously, pick up. The National this weekend, uh, I've got exclusive things happening Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so we've got absolutely tons to report on yeah. and you'll read out, uh, if you want to know what's happening at SNP conference, you need to pick exactly. up the National to Get find the National. And I'm away to Dufton tomorrow, up in Speyside, Fantastic. so if you're in the Speyside area, um, I'll be in the Memorial Hall in Dufftown tomorrow at 7pm, okay. and on Tuesday... 
again at 7pm, 7 for half 7 start I believe it is, in the St Clair Tavern in Kirkcaldy I'm going to be speaking for Pensioners for Independence. Fantastic, we'll get along to them if you're free and in the area and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. next week and I'll be back to interrupt you next week Callum. Yeah. <laughs>